Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the You Matter to Christ podcast. We talked with Brad Kenny this morning who's in the soccer world, and we learned about his story. And now we're going to talk to an amazing man who comes to us from Tokyo through University of Louisville. And then he now plays actively for the Michigan Stars. And we're talking about Kotaro Umeda, who plays soccer, professional soccer at a professional level right now. And... He loves our Lord and Savior. So, Kotaro, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Chad, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Man, it's just so fun to dig in and help our audience understand the ups and downs, even professional athletes, whether you're a pastor or an athlete, or we're all human and we go through things in our lives that sometimes look like an insurmountable mountain. And I'd like to expose those to people who may be facing their own mountain in life and then how faith and prayer and how it all comes together for you. So I guess what I like to do first is rewind the tape, right? Take me back to Tokyo where me and my wife got to visit five, six years ago. You're five, six, seven year olds. What are your first memories as a child? What was your passion? You know, what was your thing when you were growing up? Absolutely. Like I said, Chad, I was I was born in Tokyo. I grew up in Tokyo until I was about six, seven years old. But during that time, I was just mainly really focused into soccer. My father was a professional team doctor for Kushua Reiso, which is a professional soccer team in Japan, one of the biggest clubs in Japan. So being in that environment at such a young age, I was just so passionate. I, I was so admired by being around professional athletes, professional coaches, professional trainers. And, and just seeing that made me motivated to want to become one of them starting at a young age. Wow, that's very cool. I often wonder, someone like a Tom Brady that played football, I actually met his coach, or sorry, I met the coach of the tennis team. And Tom almost went and played tennis. And it turns out he chose the right career. But I sometimes think if Tiger Woods was a tennis player or Tom Brady was a tennis or basketball, I really believe that a lot of times they could probably be equally successful because of the competitive nature of their ability. But it's interesting that you got into soccer and it makes it's awesome. So congratulations on everything that you've been up to. That's really cool. 
Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it. I absolutely agree. I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to hard work and discipline, and those athletes are very different levels uh, when it comes to those. So whatever career, feel the career they decided to choose at that time, I'm sure they would have been successful and their names would have been written a different way today. Yeah, that's right. Well, so obviously your dad's into soccer, you get into soccer, you love playing with these folks. What happened? So you go to high school. Were you in high school in Tokyo also, or did you come to the U.S.? No, I went to high school in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, got it. What was, and you were still passionate about soccer, I would assume then. What else? What caught your attention in those days? Absolutely. I think in those days, I was just really focused. I think that's the time where ambition and your discipline kind of separate ways. So people start finding they're interested to drugs and alcohol and going to parties and et cetera. And they start to kind of let go of their actual dreams that they've had. And I think that's when journeys start to differentiate. A lot of my friends growing up, like I said, they were more interested in partying and things like that, whereas I was just completely focused on soccer. I had that tunnel vision. I really wanted to be successful in soccer. So I found myself being on a very lonely journey at that time. It was difficult to keep my head straight, but my parents did a very good job of keeping my head straight. And I think soccer kept me straight, kept me on the right path, took me in the right direction. And I'm very grateful for it. It's interesting that you bring up drugs because I just started watching a Netflix special last night on the Oxycontin situation in our country that's gotten so bad. And, you know, and it talks about the people, humans by nature, want to run away from pain or towards pleasure, right? There's two choices. You're either running away from pain or towards pleasure. And when they talk about it in the movie, they're like, oh, this is the drug. This is the thing. This is for $107 per unit. We're going to be the gateway to help all humanity run away from pain. And we're going to get paid every time. And so I think about that when you meet someone who's drugs, alcohol, there's something under the hood that's caused them to have that level of pain to turn to something like a drug. When did God show up for you in your life to recognize that there's a better answer than a drug or a painkiller or alcohol, right? Absolutely. I think it definitely started during that time when I chose that different path and it was very lonely. My coach during that time did a really good job of providing the Lord in Christ and the Savior towards me. And when I went to college, it was at a different level. That was the first time being away from my family, my parents, my city. So I was very homesick the first few weeks, the first few months. So what I would do is I started going to church. At that time, I had no business in really being Christian. I was raised Buddhist. So it was different for me, but I found peace in that. And I found, I came to the realization that as long as I put my faith in God, I felt I could stay on the right path and strengthen my faith. And I was forever grateful for it. And those are some decisions I made as a young man, as an 18, 17 year old man. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm still living that life still to this day. So I'm forever grateful for that. Amazing. So is Buddhism one of the primary religions in Japan or what's the primary? Yes, sir. I'd say Buddhism is the biggest religion in Japan. Got it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, well, as long as you're religious and you believe in God, all paths lead to the same place. And then I've heard sermons preached that say, well, there's a lot of different peaks. And the only way to get to that peak is through Jesus. 
you must have been somewhat conflicted because you've raised in one way and then you get introduced. How do you have that conversation in your own head between what are the differences in the religions of the world or do you? Have you gotten to that stage yet? Not necessarily. I think I'm very, I was very open to trying new things and just seeing what God has done in, to other people that were with me at that time and seeing their success. It just made me blind to everything else. And it just sounds too good. It sounds amazing to you. And for me, like I said, I'm very grateful because it kept me on the right path. I could have chosen another path so many times in my life. And I could have fallen into those traps so many times. So for me to know that I'm here is truly because of God and the words that he has provided for me during tough times and the good times. I love it. Because I think there's a lot put into, are you Baptist? Are you Lutheran? There's so many shades of belief that what I'm hearing is, yeah, don't concern yourself too much with that. Pray, talk to God, the creator of the universe, and you'll be in a good place. Absolutely. I'm on that. I definitely believe that. That's really the Pro Player Prayer Project that we're launching on September 7th at the Museum of the Bible. We're going to get together as a group with a lot of people, the founder of ESPN, Steve Green from the Hobby Lobby, president, like a lot of neat people and several pro athletes. We're going to pray for by name and in the name of Jesus, every single pro athlete in the NFL on opening day of the NFL season. Wow, that's phenomenal. We want to do that going forward for soccer, for all the different leagues, right? This is just the starting place of what's going to happen to where one day every person in America will play, be prayed for by name, in the name of Jesus. And God willing, someday every person on earth will be prayed for by name, in the name of Jesus. So it's just getting started. Just getting started. So let's tell me this. If Think about... Little Kotaro comes to the door right now and he knocks on the door right now and says, hey, man, can I have a seat? And he looks up at you. What do you think he would say about the journey so far? And, hey, you're doing all the right things. Or would he tell you, hey, you're missing this one area? You know, what do you think that conversation would look like if little Kotaro came to the door right now? Yeah, that's funny you asked me that. That's a question I've been asked pretty frequently, how a five-year-old me would, would see myself. And and I genuinely, from my heart, believe that he'd be proud of me, not necessarily because of the platform that I've created for myself, but because of the journey that I've taken to get to my platform. It was never an easy one-way street. I've had so many ups and downs that I've never told people, never told anyone, just the conversation between God and myself. And for me to be able to overcome those difficulties and just be a stronger man each and every day, better than who I was yesterday, is, is truly an incredible journey. And, and I really did stay in my own lane, never really bothered too much about what was going on somewhere else, you know, and being this first generation immigrant and being on that platform that I've created is just, I think, something very unique and it's a lot more than I expected definitely when I was at that age. Um, at the age when you start dreaming, I think I've accomplished a little more than that dream when I had as a younger kid. That's cool. Well, keep it up. It's good when you can share your testimony too, because I think a lot of people think, oh, they've got it so easy. And then they realize the other side of the coin, you know, they're, all of us go through challenges. So 
That's the next question I like to ask is, I call it the buzzsaw moments of life, right? When you just hit something and you're like, man, how am I going to get over, around, under, past this? You know, is there one of those moments that you're comfortable sharing on a podcast that's going to be aired to a lot of people? What would you be comfortable sharing that's important for our audience to hear about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate you asking me about that. Believe it or not, I'm not afraid to share a lot of things because I feel like embracing it shows my courage and my strength. And if I can help others by showing my weakness, I think that's a phenomenal thing to do. But I'd say the most difficult thing I've had to overcome was when I was playing out in Portugal in 2020. I ruptured my quad in preseason. And during that time, my agent failed to do my player registration through FIFA. So I was going to be out for a few months. And it was just a a sense of frustration and sadness kind of all hitting me at once. And I was still young at that time, living by myself in Portugal, and I was very lonely. And I'd say I, I hit pretty close to rock bottom. I even attempted suicide and thing, and it was very, very difficult. I wasn't sure how I was going to get through it in that moment. Everything seemed to slow down. Everything seemed to just black out except for, for myself. And for me... I knew everything was going to heal through time. It was just time can only do itself. Before that, I was very faithful to God. During that, I was faithful to God. And after that, I was faithful to God. My faith hasn't really changed. It's I've always kept this unshakable faith in myself. But in that time, I felt it was really just me versus myself. And I think time went on and I just kept going after it no matter what just put my head down I kept working and working working and a year later I was we won a championship in Brazil so it was a it was a phenomenal journey it was a phenomenal feeling my first person to go to when things are going bad is God and my first person to go to when things are going well is God so I know as long as I was able to get through that I'll be able to get through anything in life so I'm very grateful for that experience so if someone's listening and they're in a dark time. And I had a runner on tour, same injury, I think. And he was out of running for nine months. And he was like, Chad, my identity is in question. Who am I? What am I going to do next? How long is this going to last? All those questions come up. Another soccer player just got out of soccer in 2017. And he's still wondering, like, he's a businessman. He doubled his revenue. He's got four kids. And still he's like, wait, I'm a soccer player and I'm a pro. And so it can be challenging when you go through those. What advice would you give? I mean, obviously you just said it, right? Go to God in the ups and the downs. Is there any other piece of information that you could say, hey, this is what really got me to the other side of that? What would you recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. Before that, the biggest thing that changed was I was always putting my identity into soccer. I define myself as a soccer player, no matter what, wherever I went, I define myself as a soccer player. And, and, and the difficult thing about that is sports is so inconsistent. On a good day, you're loved by everyone. On a bad day, you're ignored by everyone. And so that puts so much inconsistency into your life. And another thing is it's also so disrespectful to God. If you're not putting himself first, it's it's not the right place. And after that incident that I went through, it was almost my last option. I literally physically and mentally couldn't play soccer in that moment. So I had to put my faith into God. And the moment I put my faith into God, things start to unfold in front of my eyes. I never really defined myself as a soccer player. I found out that life was a lot bigger than just sports. And I played for God, not only prayed for God, I played for God. And so 
that perspective changed my life. I realized that no matter if we win or lose, no matter if I play well or not, and no matter if I make the roster or not, God will love me the same way as long as I continue to glorify his name and everything that I do. Man, I love that phrase. I mean, that's, that is a quote-worthy phrase. Did you say pray first and then play or played? Not only prayed for God, I played for God. Yes, sir. That's an amazing statement that I think you just coined on this call. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. So neat. Just incredible. So the next question that I'd like to ask is, when did God undeniably show up for you? Some people hear him. You know, you've just shared a moment in your life when things turned around. What I like to try to pull out here is, did you hear him talk? Did someone else talk for God? How do you see him or hear or feel him show up in your life? To be completely honest, I've never had an exact moment where I thought, yep, that was God. It's just bits and pieces that I feel like he shows up in my everyday life. When I meet incredible people, I feel like it's a gift from God. It's a sign of from God provided me a reason why I met them. Or when something happens, I feel like it's God doing it on purpose. So for even the good and the bad, if I spill something on my shirt, I always assume it's God trying to tell me a message to slow down or, or change the direction that I'm going. It's everything that happens in life, I believe happens for a reason. And so I try to look at from a bigger perspective. And that's kind of my relationship with God. No matter what happens, I say, okay, why did God do this to me? Um, was he trying to tell me that I need to do something different? Was he trying to tell me I got to slow down? Was, was he trying to tell me that I got to turn around and do something else? And I think that's the journey that I've been on. It's, it's never just a one-time moment. It's, it's a consistent journey. I think that's the beauty of being a Christian. Uh, it's a consistent journey until the end of it, right? Even the good and the bad. I love how you put that. Yeah, because it's, okay, what's the lesson in this that you're showing me right here? You know, I had a water polo person on who was supposed, who played in a national tournament for her country, Croatia, and she didn't leave it all in the pool. In soccer, it's leave it on the field, in leave it in the pool, in water polo. So she trained for 18 months to come back and play in another world level during COVID. She tested positive like eight days before and then negative another three or four times. But according to the rules of water polo, sorry, COVID, you're out. So 18 months of training and she's at the peak in her age category to where she'll never play at the world stage again. Imagine, you know, you put in all that time and energy and running and she goes, water polo people don't run. We swim. And so people thought I was crazy, but it was during COVID. What else was I going to do? And so she's going through that level of understanding and conversations with God to understand why would you let me get to this place where I couldn't leave it all in the pool for the final time? And I guarantee you she'll find the answer. She's still looking for it. And when it comes out, she's going to go, oh, got it. That's why. Absolutely. Absolutely. He just said it's done, but it's the only way out, you know? That's right. And it helps us put him at where he belongs, us on our knees and him on the throne, right? Talk to me real quick about how you pray. When do you pray? You know, there's a verse Brad and I talked about earlier about, they say, pray without ceasing. And he goes, well, then I'd never eat and I'd probably die. So I don't know what they mean by pray without ceasing, but what are your thoughts on prayer? How do you pray? When do you pray? That kind of thing. 
Absolutely. I know in Matthew it tells you to pray behind closed doors, so I always try to pray in private. I never really believe in praying in public. I want to keep that conversation between God and myself in public areas. One routine I have is I always pray. And, um, I do a short Bible study at night, and I pray by myself at night. Before games, I pray before I get onto the field. Before practices, I pray before I get onto the field. Every time I step out of the door, I step out with my right foot, and I thank God, and I pray that He protects me. So it, it's a consistent conversation that I have throughout my day. I'm very grateful for a lot of things in life, so I try to see everything from a grateful perspective. Wow. Well, you're a neat young man. You've come through a lot of things. I'm just honored and, and privileged to be able to have you on the show today and share your story with everyone. Whether it's one person or 1,000 or 1 million, the person who needs to hear this message is going to hear this message. And I just thank you for being here to share it. Absolutely, Chad. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Well, everyone, we've been talking to an amazing man named Kotaro Umeda. Came to us from Japan, been through University of Louisville, plays for the Michigan Stars. And man, how cool is that? Living the dream and living for God. So I just got to tell you, you matter. Everybody on the call, remember today, you matter to Christ. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.